0: Good evening, everyone. This is the course tonight on Gus Hall's book called Karl Marx, Beacon for Our Times. 1983 is when it was published. It seems like it could have been published yesterday. He talks about how Marx is relevant to our times and he explains it why. I want to just mention that Gus was the General Secretary of the Communist Party USA from the periods of... 53 or 54, 55, that period, until 2000 when he passed away. He was an organizer and one of the founders of the United Steel Workers Union. He also went to prison under the Smith Act, along with 10 other leaders of the party. He went there because of the Smith Act, which is a thought act, which says that anybody who thinks, not does, thinks these ideas. Is liable to go to prison, and they were sent to prison. So I just want to mention who Gus Hall was. Page twenty-six. Well, it talks about capitalism being a system of anarchy. Most people haven't heard of it referred to as that.
1: The scientific and technological revolution is passing it by. The problems of today's world are too complex for a socio-economic system that is at the mercy of individual corporations without concern for people or society. Capitalism is a system of anarchy. As the process of the bigger corporations swallowing up the smaller ones accelerates far beyond even Marx's predictions, big business becomes even less concerned about human life and society. As capitalism develops into monopoly capitalism, the anarchy increases on an even bigger scale and the crises and disasters become more frequent and intense. Today, capitalism in the U.S. careens from one crisis to another because it is unplanned, chaotic, and anarchistic. Its credo, each dog for himself, and dog eat dog. The new advances in science and technology become entangled in the monopoly's single-minded determination to milk all the benefits of production for their private profit. The new technology needs a system that can plan and develop its use and distribute its benefits to society as a whole. All the talk about high tech replacing mass production industries, about our society becoming a post-industrial system is totally unrealistic. The fact is that our old private enterprise system is not set up any longer to utilize the advanced technology. And it certainly is not able to rebuild the steel and auto industries. It is not that our country does not need steel. It can use all the steel we can produce to rebuild the infrastructure of our crumbling cities. The problem is that the steel companies have abandoned these industries to invest their money in more profitable areas overseas. When capitalism acquires new technology, the corporations lay off workers, constantly adding the vast army of the unemployed. The invasion of the robot army will drive new millions out of the industrial plants and onto the unemployment line. It is estimated that in the next 10 years, for every 3,000 jobs high tech industries will create, 50,000 jobs will be lost. It is one of those ironies of history that U.S. capitalism daily provides proof that Karl Marx was right absolutely right and right on target our president ronald reagan a lifelong anti-communist fanatic personally does more to prove Marx was on target than hundreds of paid think tanks combined more than anyone else ronald reagan and reaganomics is forcing people to search seriously for a viable alternative to consider the socialist solution.
0: I thought as Comrade was reading it was instead of putting the name Ronald Reagan you can put Donald Trump and it's the same thing the whole thing is appropriate to reading about technology etc.
2: Since the Democratic frontrunners are working hard to be elected in 2020 do we see any of them critiquing the savage nature of state monopoly capitalism as elaborated by Gas Hall?
0: No, I don't see that at all. I don't see that at all. None of them. The closest is far. Out of Bernie Sanders' mouth comes the word, we're controlled by Wall Street. So that's on the right road, but no analysis at all from Bernie of the monopolies, how the big monopolies Swallow up
2: the small. Is there a parallel between Alexander Kerensky of the provisional government, who was also championing the corporations, and Bernie Sanders?
1: Social democracy, or as I like to call it, social fascism, is the far left capitalism, quote-unquote, even though they dabble in the right wing. But Kerensky, compared to Bernie Sanders in particular, was a social democrat was a bourgeois, pro-capitalist person, much like Bernie Sanders is in this modern day and age. So there are very many similarities between them. They have pro-imperialist stances, and alliance with the bourgeoisie.
3: I think there is a parallel there. I think it's because of the times, also the situation politically, this country has put itself in as being the number one imperialist country and this concept of regime change all over the world, the whole world really understands that we're not necessary for progress in the way that we operate as a country.
4: I notice how we're reading about this book, Karl Marx, Speaking for Our Times, by Gus Hall, and we're talking about Reagan in the 80s, but everyone is making parallels to today, how you could just change names, like with Trump, And even how none of the democratic candidates are worth much. I think something we can study just to give something else for all the comrades here to look up Donald Trump in 2016, he made a group, which started meeting in 2017 and it's called the strategic and policy forum. And basically it's made up of a little bit less than 20 people who are like the CEO of GM, of Walt Disney, of Pepsi, of IBM and of different banking things, of Walmart. I recommend everybody look this up. It's called Strategic and Policy Forum. So we could see the disconnect in our country, these seething masses, and then these gods of men who are ruling us.
0: Thank you, comrade. I just want to mention that the reason they call it a system of anarchy, I have never heard that analysis from non communist What I call middle-class radicals, never refer to capitalism as anarchy and it's interesting why because i believe strongly that they would never say that because many of them have those beliefs of anarchy and therefore they're not going to attack themselves petty bourgeois radicals so they'll never accuse socialism of being a planned economy but we all understand clearly that Socialism has to have a planned economy in one neighborhood they have a supermarket. It stays there for three years, five years, ten years. It's not making profit. So the supermarket goes out of business. And for about a year or two, it stays vacant. Then the third year, they open up a hardware store there. I've seen this in real life in Staten Island, all over the place. And they'll stay at Hardware for two or three years, maybe four years, and then they'll go out of business. And then eventually, you know what opens up in the same building? A supermarket again. A different name, supermarket, but a supermarket. And there you see complete confusion. No understanding of a planned economy. No understanding of the people in that community. What do they need? Do they need a supermarket to get food? Or is there another two or three supermarkets there? It doesn't matter. It's not planned. It's just whatever's for profit. All right, the next chapter talks about an economic emergency. It deals with the Reagan years. A lot of that economics is so similar to what we're going through today. It's called an economic emergency. That term, anarchy of capitalism, is so true. 40% of the food grown in this country is thrown away millions of people are unemployed. Where is the efficiency in that?
2: There are plenty of references to Anarchy of Production by Karl Marx and Lenin and Angels. So I think Hall's contribution is that he has enriched it with factual elaboration by referring to contemporary life. But Anarchy of Production is one of the major components of Marxism-Leninism.
1: Our country is still in the grip of an economic emergency. While Reagan keeps telling us that our economy is on the mend, that we are on the road to recovery, and that the State of the Union is strong, the fact is we are not on the road to a solid, stable upturn. As the head of the US, Steel said recently, it may be just a little blip. For the American people, it is another Great Depression. 30 million of our people are partially or totally jobless, hungry, or homeless. Four million Americans have literally taken to the road in search of work. Soup lines and shelters in many cities are forced to turn away more people than they can care for. 30 million people have lost their health insurance. Whole towns and sections of cities have become disaster areas. While industrial plants continue to shut down and move them Joblessness is causing people to lose their homes, their cars, their farms, their personal possessions, and increasingly their lives. One out of every five children goes to sleep hungry. Malnutrition and infant mortality are on the rise. In Detroit, Youngstown, and Buffalo, These are on the same level as Honduras, one of the poorest countries in the world. Basic services are being cut to the bone. Programs such as healthcare, childcare, summer and school lunch programs, education, social security are still under the ax. But the government keeps adding billions to the dangerous, wasteful, job-stealing military budget. Because our country is in such desperate straits in the midst of another Great Depression, the government increasingly becomes an arm of big business to more directly control and dominate society and our lives and their own selfish interests and their drive for maximum corporate profit. Increasingly, decisions are being made and policies put into practice that impoverish the people and enrich the rich? Marxism has the answers. The burning question is why? Why does the Reagan administration and most of Congress relentlessly pursue these cold blooded anti-people policies that cause hunger, unemployment, sickness, misery, and death with the constant threat of nuclear war? Is it that they completely lack human compassion and social conscience? Why cut funds for the immunization of children to protect them from disease, knowing many will be struck with crippling and killing diseases that were conquered by medical science years ago? Why are the oil and chemical monopolies permitted to lace our gas, heating, and fuel oil with lead and toxic chemicals? Why are they permitted to dump toxic waste in areas where people live, knowing full so well these actions will poison and kill people, especially children, for the next 10, 20, even 100 years. Engels, co worker of Marx, wrote about capitalism and ecology a century ago, and today, Reagan calls popular concern about this issue environmental extremism. Is he not concerned about human life, about our future generations? Why the deliberate gutting of social security that cuts the only lifelines of the elderly, ill and disabled? Have they no concern for our older generation? The O'Neill Reagan social security compromise is a disguise, a criminal hoax on the people. With friends like O'Neill, who needs enemies? Why the cuts in wages? food stamps, education, rent and housing subsidies, Medicaid, Medicare, aid to families with dependent children, tuition loans, and almost every single program that meets people's needs and strivings for a measure of comfort, dignity, and security. Why do these plans, with malice, and inhuman policies continue without let-up? Is the United States really slipping so far from what used to be the richest country in the world? Is the United States becoming a nation that can no longer afford to provide even a minimum standard of living, a minimum safety net for its people? Has the United States really run out of the resources and money? From a Marxist viewpoint, that's unadulterated hogwash. The real answers to all these questions lie deep. In the very heart of the capitalist system itself. It is a system that places corporate profits before the interests of the people. The double barreled Reagan big business offensive against the people has a serious negative cause and effect and impact on the economy. Cutting paychecks, unemployment checks, social security checks, and food stamps means less money for buying consumer goods. Therefore, less sales in the marketplace and less sales means less production and less jobs. In the last two years, the wage cuts and take backs plus inflation have cut workers' buying power by another $200 billion. The new 5 cent tax on every gallon of gasoline starting next week takes another $5 billion. The grand total of $350 billion in cutbacks would have bought an awful lot of cars, homes and groceries, thus creating millions of new jobs. But between 1972 and 1982, the real wages of US workers declined 17%. That's supply side Reaganomics it just keeps pouring more profits into the corporate carburetors that are already flooded the bottom line cost for the economic mess our country is in is the capitalist system itself capitalism is time-worn and worn out it is overtired but refuses to give up capitalism is in the deep process of decay and decline as with all phenomena of life It is the victim of old age and the aging process. The ever-deepening economic, political, and social and moral crises we are going through are not momentary. The decline and contraction of capitalism is the product of an inborn, fixed, and law-governed process. In a sense, it is ironic that the U.S. development. That have followed the classical model Karl Marx projected, including high unemployment, widespread poverty, the emergence and rise of the huge industrial monopolies, the financial galaxies and conglomerates that now dominate, exploit, and control every phase of life in the United States.
0: Okay, thank you. As you were reading, comrade, I'm saying to myself, things have gotten worse. When Reagan was around, The corporations were paying much higher in taxes. Now they're paying much less. The issue of the military budget is the highest now with the current administration than it was with Reagan. Everything has gotten worse. Food stamps have gone down, etc. Anybody would like to ask any questions on what was just read?
5: Like all good teachers, Gus lays out a very comprehensive explanation of problems what the problem is and without saying it he calls for us to do an analysis of what is the reason for all of these things why is all this happening the reason why it's all happening in my view is that there's never been an organized effective organized opposition to the right to the people who are doing these things to capitalism since the 50s and this has been combined with an all-out assault on the most effective break on the capitalist system, which was the trade union movement. The trade union movement was severely weakened in the 50s and 60s, and also going hand in hand with that, the arms race distributed a lot, spending so much money on armament and not spending it on socially useful production. A lot of these problems, it exacerbates them. It complicates the capitalist market because what it does is it creates artificial bubbles which make it look like there's a lot of profit in the system when there really isn't any.
0: Okay, thank you, Kevin. I was speaking to somebody the other day about the Reagan era stuff and how things have gotten worse, and they admit things have gotten worse, but they claim that Capitalism will sort it out, and as a nation, we're still able to endure it. And I wasn't able to come up with a good rebuttal to that statement, and I was wondering if anybody had a good counter to that argument. Capitalism has been around for not that long. That's number one. The first system that we dealt with, I want to remind everybody, was the system of what we called early communism, which was the cave mm-hmm. period. Man then developed from that to the Roman and Greek period, and that lasted quite a long time. It was before Christ, B.C. and A.D., after the death, as the calendar calls it. And it was that period of time, so that was about a thousand years. Then there was the period of feudalism, during the period when we had the land and the serfs were owned together by the aristocracy. That lasted about another 800 to 900 years. Capitalism didn't come in until the middle 1700s. We used to call it mercantilism, if anybody remembers their school terminology. England and the empires controlled the navigation of the seas. They had colonies, and it was a mercantilist system. But in the 1850s, capitalism changed drastically. It became almost a new system. It became the system of industrialization, the factory, the factory lines, which we didn't have before. Things were done in the house. And that has only lasted from the 1860s to now. That's what, 200 years? That's not even anything. So for people to say capitalism will always be around, tell them that's incorrect to make that statement only because it hasn't been given enough time to show itself. And if we look at history of mankind, we see that after a certain period, economic system no longer becomes relevant because it cannot produce what it did before. And that's when the system has changed. That's what I would say. Anybody else would give a different answer? Please tell us.
3: Gus talked about this later in the 80s, about the worst of the worst of monopoly capitalism is finance capital. Because it really truly produces nothing and is arbitrary and dangerous for the working class. And that's what happened in 2008. And it's happening still today. Trump is telling us that we have full employment. We don't have full employment, they only count the ones that they want to count. Nothing has changed. There are plenty of billionaires and millionaires doing better than they ever have, but not us.
2: When I read this, it is kind of reminiscent of what's going on now, except it's worse. And I think it's because under capital, capital is always looking to endlessly expand. And when it can't expand with finite resources like gold and diamonds, it is to expand with like land and taking things from other countries. So I think that this is late-stage capitalism and this is what happens where the wealth tends to concentrate. It eventually expands on a planet of finite resources and finite land. Eventually you run out of water, you run out of resources and things to conquer. And I think that that's why it just keeps getting worse. And I think that's why the political paradigm in the United States is moved further and further to the right, because capitalism is trying to find a way to save itself. People like Bernie Sanders are now called socialists When back in the day. They could even be considered Republicans.
0: Many people accuse Roosevelt, and I think correctly so. He had to go to the left in order to get programs to save capitalism during the period of Roosevelt, the Depression. And it was eventually the war that helped get the U.S. capitalism out of the Depression, because capitalism needs war. But the point I'm making is that in the midst of the struggle to save capitalism, basically the working class gets more crumbs than they ever got before. So there's a dialectic going on there, which we as communists have to understand. On one hand, things are getting worse. On another hand, they get better at the same time. The book by Karl
5: Marx is called The Poverty of Philosophy, and it describes anarchy. He's dealing with political anarchy, industrial anarchy, and I think it is what Gus Hall said is relevant. Second part would be, since looking at the ages of production everything else the spectacle wow. really of social rebellions is pretty much an increasing factor dealing with liberal democracies so the spectacle of social rebellions increases and this has been observed in american history where you look at the door rebellion in rhode island and several earlier rebellions
1: like the other comment are saying when they get those questions that they need to have arguments for i mean i think that's what the people's school is about because we can relate this information that we learn at the people's school to people in our lives and educate people. And I just think that's fantastic.
4: As we know, capitalism benefits the few who exploit it, and so they mess with the system and everybody loses. But in countries where there's a strong movement, like in Greece, a strong movement like one of our friends, the parties there at KKE, or even in Mexico, where the parties are not strong, but the situation is so bad, what came in in Greece is something called Syriza, and what came in in Mexico just recently is something called Morena. What these groups are, they're social democratic groups, definitely more so than Bernie. But what they've done is they've defended the system there and they've worked with the capitalists. Even like in Mexico now, this president's doing our bidding, like with the immigration and so forth, basically deploying the non-existent government of Mexico to block these immigrants and then also now participating in war drills with the United States. And he as well, AMLO, is backed by the capitalists down there, Carlos Slim, another guy named as I mentioned earlier, the same with the Trump presidency, how we have this in Clinton, the same, how we have Trump creating this group of all these billionaires, of bankers like J.P. Morgan, the guy at the head of that, Jamie Dimon. And Dimitrov writes about this in the United Front is that we just have to expose the Social Democrat tendency because they do not want to build socialism. They only want to reform and continue capitalism.
1: The CPUSA hosted Moreno in the Red House.
3: Yes, yeah. This book is really an important book and almost a primer on political economy.
0: I agree. Okay, comrades, I want to thank everybody for getting on.
3: Thank you for watching
0: this full length class from the People's School for Marxist Leninist Studies. For more information, or if you're interested in attending classes, visit our website, check out our YouTube channel, or email info at psmls.org.